Hello everyone and welcome to the seventh episode of the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your weekly recap of the rambunctious violence of teenage vampires on the CW television show The Vampire Diaries, hosted by your human hosts, Beth and Claire. Uh, yes, and probably we should mention at the beginning of each episode, in case people are just joining us, I have watched every episode except for the final season of this show many times. Uh, Beth has never watched it before. She's a newbie. So we're coming at this as a wizened old, you know, vanguard of Vampire Diaries knowledge and a fresh-faced young ingenue. Yes, this is a new world for me, but I'm learning so much about vampires and about teenage drama all in one. Imagine, you know, a month ago, you didn't know that vampires couldn't go into a house if they hadn't been invited. I didn't know this, but that popped up in this episode, and I was all like, I was a little proud. I was all like, hey, she can't go in there. (laughs) (laughs) But who was it who couldn't go in? Oh, right. You might recall Vicky Donovan became a straight-up vampire last week. Oh, my goodness. And I forgot that that happened somehow (laughs) at the end of last episode. So when we were watching the recap, I was just like, oh, my God, that happened. Vicky, girl. It was a little overshadowed by all the amazing 1864 flashbacks, which unfortunately we didn't get any of this week, but... We did get a picture. True. But yeah, none of that real life old fashioned action with great costumes. No silly hats this time. Boo. All right. Uh, so, episode seven, Haunted. It's a Halloween episode, but today is actually St. Patrick's Day uh, that we're recording this. Oh, yeah. So it's just a big hodgepodge of holidays on this podcast. So we'll try to get ourselves into a spooky mood to recap the episode for you yeah and i guess that episode started off with um tyler who we didn't see at all in the last episode was kind of creeping in the school parking lot seemingly after some sort of sports practice i'm just assuming but there is nobody else there i know he was just by himself maybe he was like in the school sexually assaulting someone probably that seems like something he would spend his time on especially since the school is now unsupervised at all times (laughs) because mr tanner has died true true so tyler's just creeping around the parking lot and goes over to his car which is also the only car in the parking lot he gets in and he sits down and who does he see sitting next to him the one and only vicky the vampire she's not really having a great day She has all these new and confusing feelings, and it's not just because she's a teenager, it's because she's a new vampire. Yeah, and she's not looking so good. Her hair's all straggly. Um, She's She's still wearing that weird vest from her (laughs) drug party in the graveyard. Oh, yeah. I, I knew that that outfit looked familiar, but it's because she's been wearing it for two episodes straight. So, yeah, I'm not really sure why she immediately goes to Tyler Uh, I mean, my assumption would be she wanted to just eat him, but she's actually just kind of having an emotional breakdown, like, I don't know what's happening to me, I'm so scared, and just, like, crying on his shoulder, but they were not on good terms. No, and he was just kind of like, oh, hey, like, what are you on, Vicky? She was all like, I'm just so hungry, Ty, I'm so hungry, and he is kind of like, okay, don't worry about it, we'll get you home. And she was kind of like, no. 
Yeah, she's like trying to make out with him while also professing that she's really hungry. And I'm actually really proud of Tyler for not just like whipping his dick out and being like, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm a little proud of him too. That he was actually being kind of sweet to her, which was really weird. It was. Maybe he, like, sensed that she was actually dead or something. Maybe he spent the last week in therapy. Maybe. Maybe he was in the school just reflecting on all of the shitty things he's done, and now he's a new person. But luckily, you know, we don't have to care about Tyler's thoughts or feelings for long, because Vicky kind of loses control of herself, throws him out of the car, tackles him to the ground, and is about to, like, chomp down on his jugular... Oh, yeah. Yeah, she had him pinned down, and we were kind of like, bye, Tyler. At least I was hoping for that. But then, of course, um, Stefan and Damon come rushing in from wherever they were hiding, and they grab Vicky off of Tyler, and Damon kind of holds Tyler back, and Tyler's like, dude, what are you doing, man? And he punches Damon in the face. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And at this moment, I'm like, who do I root for? in this fight like i'm like yeah punch damon but also you're tyler right somebody should also punch you right now i know they should punch each other at the same exact time so we don't have to choose any sides i guess i was happy that um that damon showed up even though it was damon yeah because i guess i didn't really want vicky to kill tyler even though he totally sucks (laughs) i don't know because i don't want vicky to have to deal with that guilt yeah that's true. Even though Tyler does deserve it. Yeah, it's like, of all the things that you could do, like, the first thing when you become a vampire, killing Tyler Lockwood is actually a pretty good decision. <laughs> it's true. Like, I think if I could go back and, like, if, like kill my ex-boyfriend or something, that would be Whoa. the first thing. Actually, that made me sound way creepier than I actually am. I would not do this, but... In keeping with Vicky's situation, you're right. That yeah. would be a In good the heightened choice. reality of Mystic Falls. Exactly. I am not a murderer. <laughs> That's what a murderer would say. I know. Now I'm framed. We need to edit this. Yes. Redacted. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Then we get our opening credits. We basically have a setup for a two men and a baby vampire uh, situation. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what we kind of easily forget about is that, for all everybody else knows, Vicky is missing right now. So Jeremy's, like, extra emo, like, emo with a black cherry on top. Mm-hmm. And he, we see him in the bathroom brushing his teeth. He sticks his mouth directly under the faucet to rinse out the toothpaste, which I found really disgusting. It and was. I don't know if it's just because I already hate Jeremy that it, like, made me want to strangle him but it was gross i've never done that i think it's a thing that some people do i don't think it's very sanitary no i don't think so either and it's also harder than just like collecting some water in your hand or like (laughs) keeping a cup on the sink right i know well jeremy needs to make things hard for himself so he's probably just doing it so he could be more emo oh it's so hard to brush my teeth in the morning gotta stick my head under the gross faucet but Elena's kind of trying to get him to forget that he's, you know, in love with Vicky and she's missing. She's like, oh, time to go to school. But Jeremy's like, I have to have a search party for my girlfriend. 
your mouth keeps moving and I don't know why. I know. It was like such a weird insult, too. I feel like whoever's writing um, Jeremy's lines is just kind of like... I don't know, half-assing it, it's like, yeah, that was an insult, but it was also, like, super awkward thing to say. I don't know if Wilbur Wright's dialogue has met a teenager, (laughs) but then I also think that maybe we're just so used to teenagers on TV shows being, like, reasonably intelligent that maybe it really is realistic that they would just be that dumb and not clever at all. That's a good point. Actually, that's probably more like what an emo teenager would actually say. Chill yourself. (laughs) Chill yourself. I'm just a drug addict delinquent. Your lips keep moving and I don't know why. (sighs) Good times. So um, Elena wants to kind of check in on the Vicky situation. Is this the part where she goes over to the Salator boarding house? It is, yeah. So before Vic, uh, Elena comes a knocking, we see that Vicky and Damon and Stefan are just kind of all hanging out in the house. Um, and Vicky's not feeling so hot. So she's talking about how she has a headache and about how she's just so hungry and can't stop thinking about blood and all she wants is blood. And Stefan is throwing down like some major vampire platitudes. And like, I wish I wrote down what exactly he said, but he was like, Vicky, we can only be one with nature if we don't kill other beings because that's how we retain our humanity. Like, and Vicky was just like, can I have some more blood please? So and also, get off your high horse, Stefan, because you're, like, murdering squirrels and rabbits and drinking their blood, so... Yeah, you're not an angel like you pretend to be. So, yeah, Stefan's going out. I, I, I don't know if we, like, know that this is happening, but I guess they allude to it. But he kind of goes on a mini hunting trip to get some animal blood for Vicky. Mm. And um, Vicky's, like, drinking it up, and she keeps asking for more because she has an insatiable hunger for blood. Which sounds like a fun thing to deal with. Yeah, and Stefan's all, like, worried because Vicky is also a drug addict. So not only is she dealing with her hunger, she's probably also dealing with some of her drug withdrawals and also being an angsty teenager. So she's just all kinds of fucked up. So, of course, while you have Stefan kind of sitting here and trying to guide her through this process, you have Damon in the background just, like, throwing in truth bombs he's like that won't satiate her she needs human blood go on vicky and far be it for me to agree with damon but you're a vampire you drink blood like you can make the moral choice not to kill people like damon's not advocating going on a murder spree he's saying that she can drink from somebody and then compel them to forget which you know is not ideal But if you're going to have vampires and, you know, they got to live, that's the way to do it. But Stefan's very, you know, like, he's not, he keeps saying that she has a choice to retain her humanity. But at the same time, he's basically unilaterally making that choice for her by just being like, no, you're going to do this my way. You're not going to drink from humans. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if it's because he feels, like, responsible for what happened to Vicky. Like, he thinks that he has to, like, guide her, which is how he feels about literally everyone that's a woman. (laughs) So I guess it's not that surprising. But, yeah, I I didn't really think about it that way, but for sure. 
Um, and while Damon is kind of like telling Vicky that she has the option to go out and drink from people and then compel them to forget, um, he's also reading the town newspaper. I and didn't notice that. <laughs> really? Oh, right. Yeah, because then he brings up. Yeah, so he's reading it. He's like, yep, not one article about that Logan dude I killed. And I had totally forgotten about that, like, a few episodes earlier that um, he had killed Logan while Logan was trying to stake Stefan on the vampire hunting mission that he went on. Um, By himself, like a dumbass. <laughs> because he could apparently kill a vampire with no prior training and also while wearing, like, khakis or something. Because he's a man. He can do whatever he puts his mind to. I know. Man, we're starting Why Are Men. Just we like, are. Right I think this has been Why Are Men the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, they're having this kind of philosophical debate about how to raise their new vampire child. And then... We hear the tinkle of, like, the little doorbell. <laughs> That's the, a bell on the chain outside of the door. Doodle-oodle-oo. Yes. It's, like, totally not intimidating for a vampire boarding house. Yeah. And Damon answers, and, of course, it's Elena. She's checking in on the Vicky sitch. But Damon's kind of fucking with her, like, oh, yeah, Stefan's here. Uh, but, hi, nice to see you, too. Rude. <laughs> I know, uh, Dave, like, everything Damon says is just so smarmy, like, I don't think that he's ever actually had, like, a conversation where he's not being, like, sarcastic and just abrasive, I don't know. Yeah, and then Elena just kind of lays down some sick burns on him about how he's, like, an arrogant jackass. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you should be careful what you say to a vampire. I am very dangerous. And she's like, bitch, if you were going to kill me, you would have killed me by now. I look way too much like your ex-girlfriend, Catherine, 1864. She doesn't say that, but I'm assuming Mm -hmm. she's thinking it. And he's like, well, I haven't killed you yet. (laughs) LOL. Has, um... Has Elena seen Catherine 1864's profile picture yet? No, she she uh, has been blocked out by privacy settings or something. <laughs> I think so. Because that would have to be a whole conversation, I'm assuming. I know. That, yeah, that would... I don't think they would gloss over that. But then again, maybe they would. <laughs> That's why I had to check. So Elena eventually waltzes past Damon and his brutish insults. Um, and she's like, hey, y'all, I'm here. So then Stefan comes down and he's like, shh. She's upstairs. And Stefan's trying to explain to Elena that Vicky's in a delicate situation because, again, she's dealing with being a newborn vampire and she has drug issues and she's emotional. And Elena uh, kind of comes back with one of my favorite lines of the episode. So what? She's a vampire with issues. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's nothing to worry about. Is actually one of my first memories of this show. Oh. Because... Um, you know, I had seen the commercials for the pilot, but there were, I think this episode and the next one I saw, like, the weekly previews for when I was watching Gossip Girl or something. Mm-hmm. But I remember that line was very heavily, like, used in the promotion. And I was like, a vampire with issues. That sounds so dumb. I'll <laughs> never watch this show. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like that's a good line that's, like, representative of the show, too. It's like, these aren't just vampires, they're teenagers, hey. <laughs> Trapped in adolescent bodies, as the Netflix synopsis tells us. <laughs> yes. 
<sighs> Feuding vampire brothers Stefan and Damon vie for the affection of captivating teenager Elena. Such a good description. Really is. <laughs> so yeah, they're talking about Vicky. Like Stefan is standing at the top of the stairs. Like this is he, like he's Juliet or something, and Elena's downstairs. <laughs> And they're whispering, but vampires have super hearing. So, of course, Vicky knows that they're talking about her, and she comes trailing up. <laughs> and I think one of my favorite parts is Elena, like, looks up at Vicky, and with this, like, really sickeningly, like, sweet voice, she's like, how are you, Vicky? <laughs> I it was so bitchy. I was just like, It was just Damn. so gross. And I loved Vicky in that moment because she was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. How <laughs> am I? It was real. Vicky's I, reaction was perfect. I know that Elena is our heroine and like we want to root for her. But at that moment, I was like, girl. It was pretty much the same thing as Caroline being like, oh, Elena's sad because her parents are dead. She's like, oh, Vicky, how are you? Oh, you just got attacked by a vampire and now you are one yourself. Oh, cool. See ya. (laughs) So there's like a little bit of tension there. We haven't really seen Elena and Vicky interact to this point, except like that one time they ran into each other in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. After her sexual sleepover with Jeremy. (laughs) So it's interesting to kind of explore this relationship a little bit. It is. So I think Vicky asks Elena, like, hey, how is Jeremy? Like, I want to go see him or something like that. I think that comes up more later. Okay. Yeah. Because I think at this point we actually check in with Bonnie, who who we did not see last week. And we had the cliffhanger where she went to her grandma's to be like, what the fuck is happening to me? I set a bitch's car on fire. With my mind. <laughs> so apparently she spent this whole last week uh, chilling with her drunk grandma and learning the family history. So we get like a little bit of exposition where she's like, so Grams, tell me about how, how our family was in the Salem witch trials. And then drunk grandma was like, all the people who were killed at the Salem witch trials were innocent. Ain't no witch that stupid. More or less. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and she says that um, since 1692, their ancestors have lived in secrecy. But then um, Bonnie goes on to say, well, I don't think it's a secret because everybody knows you're a witch, which I thought was kind of funny. But then um, Bonnie's grandma comes back and she's like, yeah, they think I'm a witch, but they don't really believe it. Like, they think I'm this crazy drunk person who says she's a witch. And something I actually never noticed in all of my watchings, viewings of this episode, is she mentions that she's a professor of occult studies at the local university. Yes. And not to spoil or anything, but, like, the fact that there is an occult studies department at the local university actually does come up again, like, five seasons later. Ooh. Not at, like, a major plot point, but that's really impressive internal continuity. That's good. I'm impressed at the fact that they remembered something from season one. Yeah. So they're basically, you know, laying down the groundwork for this whole thing. Bonnie's really excited to learn how to use her witch powers, but her grandma is like, you know, it's really serious. This is, you know, something that's been in our family for centuries, and it's not something we do just for fun. We don't just burn things because it's fun, which to me, I'd be like, come on, then what's the fucking point? I know. Why have these powers if I can't use them for pure joy? But basically... 
Gramps just says, you know, we'll pick up with this later. You have to go to school. Yeah, and the whole time the grandma is walking around lighting candles and drinking tea, and it just kind of gave off a witch vibe to me, I thought. But then I was like, Beth, this is how you spend half your time. So maybe you're a, a drunk witch grandma, too. Maybe. But why wasn't she lighting the candles with her mind if she's a witch? Well, maybe because they can't use their powers for fun. Oh. I don't know. Bummer. Yeah. Lame. Why couldn't Bonnie have just busted that out? That's like her signature move. I guess she can only do it in, like, weird circumstances. I guess so. When she's feeling very emotional. Yeah. So the next thing I have written in my notes is just the words Lockwood idiocy. Any idea what that might have been about? Yes, because I couldn't remember what the Lockwood's last names were, so I wrote Mare and Wife at Mystic Grill, Damon Overhears. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, so Mare Lockwood and his lovely wife, Mrs. Lockwood, are enjoying a nice lunch at the teenage hangout the mystic grill and they're essentially talking about the very important very secret compass Mm, yes and where the hell is it and they knew that they shouldn't have trusted logan so it seems like maybe they don't know do they know that he's dead yeah because they talk about how the coroner said that there was only one bite mark but they're like not at all concerned. Like, Mayor Lockwood says something like, ugh, we shouldn't have trusted that stupid fucking Logan dipshit. Like, he lost the compass. <laughs> also, he's dead. I know, they have no remorse. Yes, now I'm remembering. Like, they have no remorse. Attention Founders Council, like, if you die trying to defend the town from vampires, your friends are gonna talk shit about you when you're not even in the ground yet. I know. So disrespectful. I hate the Lockwoods. Yeah, it's just a shitty family. They are. I wish they didn't have so much power in Mystic Falls. Yeah, well, people in power are often not the best people, as That's we true. all know. That's true. We're living in the Trump era, we know. <laughs> well, you have already compared Tyler to Trump <laughs> Did in I? the past. Uh, <laughs> that, makes, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. So they're kind of talking about what their next step should be. And Damon's using his vampire uh, hearing skills to listen in on them from across the bar. So now he kind of has an idea of where the investigation is at. Because if he wants to stay in town, he needs to make sure that he doesn't get caught. Yes. And you could tell that the Lockwoods are a little bit nervous about how many vampires are around. And if it's a man or a woman, because they're worried about it coming to get them. Yes, because the vampire obviously now knows that they have the compass Mm -hmm. well the vampire has the compass now but if they are at all familiar with the town's history then they'll know that somebody's onto them so they're a little nervous about possibly being the next to get eaten by an animal yeah (laughs) i was just about to say there's only so many times you can bring the animal control van to a murder (laughs) scene before things start to get suspicious So I think the next thing that happens is that there's kind of a family meeting at the Salvatores with just uh, Stefan, Elena, and Vicky. 
after th- school. Yes, that happens. But I think we get a brief um, interlude scene at the school. Oh, you're Where right. we see Caroline again, and girl's looking good. Caroline's she's not wearing alive. a scarf. Yeah. She's not, like, so addled from her brain fucking anymore. She's she's herself again. Mm-hmm. So she walks in with a bag, and she goes over to Bonnie, and she's like, hey, girl, ready for the Halloween party tonight? Here's uh, your costume. And it's a witch costume. And what does Caroline hand to Bonnie but the very important crystal, the one that Damon had left in Caroline's room. And Bonnie's like, why do I want this ugly-ass necklace? Yeah. (laughs) But Caroline says she she just doesn't want it in her sight anymore. She's so over Damon. She just doesn't want to think about it. And she wants Bonnie to wear it with her costume and then get rid of it. Yeah, so... That's good, because we get to see where the very important crystal is, and I just love that it's called the very important crystal, and I love how at, in the previous, or the recap of the previous episodes when we're opening this episode, they just keep calling it the very important crystal, and it's the best. Yeah, no description as to what makes it important, <laughs> much like the comet from uh, a few episodes ago. Oh, yeah, It's all just very important, and don't worry about it. <laughs> But we won't tell you why or give you any details. Just know that it's important. But yes, after we um, have Caroline giving Bonnie her costume and the very important crystal, then we go back to the Salvatore uh, Manor boarding house. Boarding house. Boarding house, yes. And Stefan's still kind of trying to talk Vicky through her hunger and various vampire things. And Vicky's just like, I'm sick of being cooped up in here. Because she doesn't have a gaudy ring, she mm-hmm. cannot go out in the day. So she just wants to, like, wild out. But Stefan's being a major buzzkill, and Elena's also sitting there, like, really sympathetic, <sighs> but also, like, stay the fuck away from anybody I care about. Yeah. And um, Vicky kind of lashes back at Stefan here real quick, because he's like, we can't drink human blood, and she's like, what, you never had any? And it's a little awkward because Elena, a human, is sitting right there, waiting for Stefan to answer, and he's like, I have not had human blood in many, many years, which subsequently is how long I was on the train today, but that's a whole different story. (laughs) Oh yes, Beth has uh, come to this podcast recording straight from the airport, so just her commitment to you, our listeners. I would never skip an episode. <laughs> so Vicky is kind of tweaking. She's really thirsty. The squirrels aren't cutting it. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of bouncing off the walls. And she's like, oh my god, I have to pee. Why do I have to pee? I thought I was dead. I loved that. <laughs> yeah. And it really does kind of raise some logistical questions about vampires because we see them eating human food and drinking alcohol, coffee, all manner of things throughout this show. So I guess they do have to, like, pee and poo. I guess. You would think that they would have solved that with all of their powers. Yeah. But, like, then why do they eat and drink normal stuff? It's not... It doesn't sustain them. Does Can they put on weight if they, like eat nothing but Doritos every day. Oh, I don't know. All of the vampires in the Vampire Diaries are very fit. Yeah. You would think with all of the mozzarella that <laughs> Stefan is is making from scratch, maybe oh he would be God. a little punchier. You would think so. 
But these are the questions, you know. What is it like to be a vampire? Is Vicky going to get, like, a super period? Because she's probably got more blood happening in her body now. Yeah, and you know that that's how periods work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, like, I'm assuming vampires can't have babies, so maybe that whole station is shut down. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I feel like at least Vicky, like, what she deserves at this point is no periods. Yeah, right? Like, give the girl a break. <laughs> right. She's has Elena, human, sitting right there just, like, being false sympathetic. Oh, my God. Elena's the worst right here. Yeah, she is not as likable in this episode no. as usual. It's coming from a place of she's worried about her brother, but... Yeah, it's it's family first. I get it. But at the same time, she just seems so disingenuous when she's interacting with Vicky. Yeah. And then it kind of blows up a little bit because Stefan pieces out to get her some more blood. And then Vicky comes back and is like, oh, false alarm. Guess I don't have to pee after all. So then it's just her and Elena. And she's like, how's oh, she starts texting Jeremy. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. And Elena's like, Fuck that. You cannot see my brother anymore. You're too dangerous. You'll hurt him. Yeah, she's like, she pretty much just tells Vicky that she can never see Jeremy ever again. Just like, it says it so nonchalantly, like Vicky would just listen to her. Uh, sorry, girl. Vicky is a vampire now. She got powers. You're not in charge. She says it as though she's telling her, you know, you have to start using compact fluorescents now <laughs> instead of incandescent bulbs. Like, you know that you have to do that. Uh, <laughs> that's such a good metaphor. I love it. So Vicky is not happy about that little ultimatum. And she's like, so what are you going to do about it? And then just like slams her in the wall and starts choking her out yeah it's like i will do whatever the fuck i want with whoever the fuck i want so just fuck off and she like drops in this stuff about how she thinks that elena didn't think she was good enough for jeremy even Mm -hmm. before she was a vampire and also reminds her that uh she broke her brother's heart uh, and had him whipped for 15 years yeah so she is also having kind of some sisterly protective vibes towards her little brother like, you fucked with my brother, so don't tell me how to, you know, be towards yours. Yeah, don't tell me how to live. <sighs> yeah, that was really real. Yeah. It got intense. It did. So then Vicky eventually releases Elena from her death grip, and Elena's all like, <coughs> yeah. after she kind of drops to the floor. Um, but then the really shitty thing is that she goes outside with Stefan and is like, she could have killed me. And Stefan's just like, well, you know, she's going through a lot of changes. Yeah, like, what the hell? It's no big deal. Like, this is to be expected. Every part of her personality is being amplified now that she's a vampire. Like, calm down. Yeah, he's like, how would you feel, Elena? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm too busy recovering from being choked out. (laughs) While you just left me with a baby vampire, even though you knew she was super dangerous. Oh, man. It's hard to root for anybody in this episode, to be honest. I felt that way, too, when I I was trying to think of like our segments i was just like i don't want anyone to do anything at all <laughs> but i think i did pull some out at the end so we'll have to see how i feel by the end of the recap yeah um so then elena was like but but vicky said that she wanted to see jeremy and then stefan's like oh no she can't see jeremy it's just like what like what why like i mean i get why she can't see jeremy because 
you know, the hunger and the thirst and the lust and the But what feelings. do they think is going to happen? Wait, what do you mean? No, like, what do they think is going to happen with Vicky, like, that she can just never see... Oh, yeah. These people again, and nobody's going to ask questions. I know, right? Like, she'll just disappear off the face of the earth and, like, text people every now and then. It it was super weird. And the thing that I'm really wondering at this point where they're also concerned that she can't see Jeremy is, you have an entire grow house in your basement full of vervain. Can't you just give him, like, a tacky choker or, like, leather cuff <laughs> with vervain in it, and then he'll be fine? Right? I didn't even think about that. Like, very easy solution to your problem right or now. Or pull in Uncle Zach and just drink it in your orange juice every day for 30 years. Yeah. But then they'd have to get... Well, actually, because Elena got the vervain necklace before she even knew that Stefan was a vampire. Yeah. So Jeremy could totally have a tacky leather cuff with vervain. Just say, oh, Vicky wanted you to have this, and he'll never take it off. Yep. Claire, you should be a writer for the Vampire Diaries. That is a much more simple solution than what the hell goes down in this well, episode. it would have been a much more boring solution. <laughs> Actually, that's true. Maybe it's a good thing you aren't a writer and you're just a recapper. Yeah. I don't know. I prefer to tear apart other people's logic rather than, like, create the plot lines <laughs> myself. Yes. Um, so I think at this point... I'm trying to remember. So yeah, Stefan tells Elena that she can't see Jeremy and then Damon and Vicky are left alone in the Salvatore Manor. <laughs> the Salvatore building. The Salvatore building. So they're kind of hanging out and Vicky was like, why did you do this to me? And Damon was like, well, I was bored. And Vicky was like, well, now I'm bored. And Damon's all like, of course you are. You've been cooped up in here all day. Let's go outside because dusk is starting to fall at this mm-hmm. point, right? So he's essentially trying to take Vicky out for, like, vampire day camp where she learns all of her vampire skills. And uh, Damon says something really good on the way out yeah. because Stefan's walking back in, but I can't quite remember what it is. Stefan's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I can't remember the exact words, but Damon basically says... Well, she's been locked in your room all day like Anne Frank. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that's a really inappropriate reference. But also, Anne Frank lived in an attic, not a bedroom. Mm-hmm. And she this was- is not even applicable to this situation. No, it was. It It's not at all. And I think that, like... I feel like the writers, like, have Damon and Stefan just, like, throw in things like that. Like, oh, Damon probably knows who Anne Frank is because he's so old. Like, just, like, shit. I feel like that's, like, the logic of having him say something like that. I don't know. But Uh, it didn't quite land. No, it didn't. So Damon takes Vicky outside and Stefan's there being overbearing and looking over the situation. Um, so Damon does the zoom thing where he's standing in front of Vicky and then he zooms behind her and, and taps her on the shoulder. So she's like surprised and giddy that Damon can get around so fast. So then Vicky starts to zoom around herself and whoops, what happens? She's just gone. And I think that Damon also says, oops. Yeah. He's like, my bad. That was probably not the first thing I should have showed her. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly how to escape. Yeah, so she's just gone, and the first place she goes is to her house, which is sweet. Like, I thought she was going to try to go after Jeremy right away. Yeah. But she checks in with Matt, and she finds that she can't get in the door. Yep, I even knew, though it's her I own knew damn even house. before she tried to go in, and that force field was there. Yeah. So she's like, what the fuck? Because 
they didn't bother to teach her that lesson before they taught her how to run really fast away from her dad's. See, how would one know this unless a vampire taught you like you taught me? We don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but then Matt's like, oh my god, get inside. I've been so worried. So she then is able to, like, toddle in in her gigantic heeled boots. And her vest. <laughs> her outfit is really tragic. It's like skin-tight jeans, like a t-shirt with a tight vest over it, and then these like platform peep toe boots which it's not a good look no and it's like the most uncomfortable outfit that you could ever imagine to wear like while going through a vampire transition <laughs> it's just like really tight clothes and like just put on some sweatpants vicky right You're going through something i know girl you need to like put your hair up in a bun and just relax on the couch like you don't need to wear this yeah so, uh, she tells Matt, like, she's really freaked out, she's really hungry, and so he makes her this really sad dinner of a uh, hot dog and tater tots, that and I'm like, what is right life in the Donovan household? Because we never, like, we've heard briefly about their parents that, like, their mom is always off, like, in Myrtle Beach with some guy, Oh yeah, and that their dad's not in the picture, so it's, like, just Matt and Vicky, and that's, like, what they have for dinner. And yeah, it, it just made sad. me sad. Not I that know. I don't love tater tots, but... Tater tots are delicious, but it was really sad. I was like, where are their parents? Yeah. But, uh, Vicky kind of flips out on Matt because he's giving her the talk about, you need to stop doing drugs, you need to calm your shit down. Mm-hmm. And then Vicky's just had enough of Matt trying to tell her what to do, so she picks up her fork and smashes it down into her plate of hot dog and tater tots, and uh, the plate breaks everywhere and the tater tots are ruined. That's probably the most tragic moment of the episode. <laughs> I think so too. We had a we R.I.P. Tater Tots. <laughs> I would have treated you with respect and eaten you like a decent human. But she's a vampire. She can't be a decent human anymore. She can't. And You've crossed the line, Vicky. <laughs> Tater tots don't taste as good on the other side of mortality. Whoa. Whoa. That sounds awful. It does. What's even more awful is then Stefan comes a knocking on the door. <laughs> and he... And Matt goes over and answers the door and he's like, Hey, man. Or something. And... <laughs> And Vicky yells in from the kitchen, like, I don't want him here. Like, tell him to go away. So then Matt gets all worried that, like, Vicky's been shacking up with Stefan this whole time or something, mm-hmm. I think. So he kind of gets, like, the super protective vibe. And he and he kind of tells Stefan to get out of here. Um, so obviously Stefan can't go in because he wasn't invited in. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Matt kind of quickly shuts the door on his face. Yeah. And so I guess the big Halloween party, which is the event everybody's attending, has kind of started by this point. Can we just talk a second about, like, what are the drinking rules in Mystic Falls, Virginia? Are there any? I don't think so. I I feel like every event that's sponsored by the school is accompanied by alcohol and twinkly lights. I fully support the the twinkly lights and the alcohol. I just don't understand why they can drink in public. Because there's no adults. Mr. Tanner is dead. <laughs> that's true. There's no rules. Yeah, that's a good point. So I guess before we actually go there, there's a little bit with Elena and Jeremy at home. 
And Jeremy now knows that Vicky is with Matt, but she hasn't contacted him. Oh, so yeah. So he's, like, leaving her voicemails because he doesn't understand boundaries. He's like, Vicky, please just call me back. What's going on? Elena's like, you need to let her go. Like, she needs to go through this shit. Like, she's ha- she has issues. And... Jeremy does not take very kindly to that. No, he goes on kind of a sad tirade about how when their parents died, he felt so shitty all the time and he thought he'd never be happy again. But then he began to have a few feel-good moments and that when he looked back on them, Vicky was involved in every single one of them. It's like, so he, he got laid a few times. Yeah, and that changed his whole outlook on life after his parents died. It was TMI. Yeah. And, you know, Elena has all this relevant information that she doesn't feel she can share with Jeremy. So she's like, just trust me that you're better off without her. And he's like, excuse me, I love her. I know. You don't know what you're talking about. It's, like, such a weird angle to take. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, I get where Elena's coming from and trying to protect her brother, but she, like, doesn't even try and pretend, like, like... Um, Jeremy's going through some shit, right? She's just kind of like, you're better off without her. Okay, bye. Let's go to the Halloween party later. Yeah, Yeah, so weirdly, they decide to go to the Halloween party at the school together, like, in the midst of this kind of fight. But uh, Jeremy ends up being excited to go along with it because he gets a text from Vicky, like, oh my god, I'm so bored. Meet me at the party. So, now everybody's at the party. (laughs) (laughs) Now they at the party, having a good time. Yes. (laughs) This is a reference to a short story that I wrote in elementary school on, like, one of those word processor, but, like, with images programs for kids. Yes. Not to go into too much detail, but it was this really long, convoluted story about somebody being at the right place at the wrong time. It makes a really good drinking game uh, if you want to copy, but it's all about somebody trying to go to a party she was invited to. And little baby me accidentally typoed an amazing line at the end. <laughs> now she at the party having a great time. It's so good. Can I post it on our Instagram sure. when we release this episode? Yeah. Okay. We'll tumble it. That's awesome. I'm in. <laughs> anyway, now they at the party having a great time. Uh, we first see Tyler strolling up to uh, Bonnie and Caroline, who are both dressed as witches, and they're, like, manning the drink cauldron or something. Yeah, it's they're just openly drinking, and he, Tyler comes over just wearing a cape and no shirt. What is Tyler's costume? He's literally wearing a red cape with no shirt, and I'm like, is, are you a vampire? Are you, like, casual Superman? I feel like he's trying to be a sexy vampire. You know how they sell, like, all the sexy Halloween costumes? I feel like yeah. that's, like, the manic. But he doesn't have, like, any face makeup on or anything. It's literally just no shirt and a cape. <laughs> that's exactly what we'd expect out of a guy like Tyler, yeah. right? He's just like, oh, yeah, like, this is my Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. Uh, he there, There's some conversation about alcohol. Bonnie says she's not drinking. Caroline says that she wants to drink until somebody is hot enough to make out with. Oh, yeah. I was like, get it, girl. Like, you're on the rebound from some heavy shit. Like, make sure it's not a vampire this time. (laughs) I know. Go for it. You do you, girl. (laughs) And that also made me wonder where Aunt Jenna is again. I know. I was thinking about that when... Not to imply that Aunt Jenna is a drunk, but it seems like the kind of thing she would say. It does. Yeah, where is Aunt Jenna? Maybe... Does she know that Logan's dead? We haven't even (laughs) talked about that. I don't think she does. I don't think she does Well, it wasn't in the newspaper. Yeah, so so nobody would know that he stopped showing up for his shifts at the news. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. That's a plot hole. They better address it next episode or else I'm going to be mad. (laughs) So they're at the school and it's a giant Halloween party. So like the school's all haunted. There's a bunch of like strobe lights and green lights and everybody's looking all spooky. Elena's wearing a naughty nurse costume, probably from Leg Avenue. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And And Matt's in there and he's dressed up as a spooky doctor with bloody handprints on himself and they reveal that these were the costumes that matt and elena wore last year when they were a couple oh, so that's kind of yeah. awkward that but is like awkward. they both didn't realize that they were going to the party until the last minute so that's all they had and they both brought their siblings yep lots of parallels and mirrors and shit indeed so jeremy is there dressed up as an emo kid which he is on his own wearing some black american eagle sweatshirt (laughs) and vicky is there dressed up guess what she's dressed as a pony no she's a vampire (gasps) girl looks good like she's got like her hair done she finally changed out of that tight vest yeah um she has like one of those big vampire collars Mm -hmm. i don't know like art is that just like yeah or i don't know just like a couture collared piece neck piece exactly with like a little flippy dress so we have jeremy kind of walking through the party starting to look for vicky and vicky's looking for jeremy right yeah everybody's just kind of wandering through like a strobe lit haze vicky is tweaking because like she can hear everybody's heartbeats and she's really hungry and she's kind of losing her shit and You just know nothing good is going to come of this. Right. But before that really explodes, we find out that the Lockwoods are back at the Mystic (laughs) Grill wearing Halloween costumes. I don't remember. Was anybody else at the grill? Like, were any other adults dressed in Halloween costumes? I don't think they were. And when Mayor Lockwood and Mrs. Lockwood were talking, they both mentioned that they have to go to the party at the school. Were they going to the party at the school? Oh, I guess they didn't specify. Or was it like a swingers party for the Founders Council or something? (laughs) Oh, my God. I hope it was at the school because I was just thinking about how weird it was that, like, that the high school kids in this town have dinner parties that yeah. all of them go to the same parties, the adults and the kids, like the founders party. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it was a separate Halloween party. Well, the Lockwoods are there. Uh, Mrs. Lockwood is dressed as Daisy Buchanan. And I guess the mayor is dressed as a male Great Gatsby character in a stupid hat. Yeah. Oh, so we did get a stupid hat in this episode yeah. after all. Not as stupid as the 1864 <laughs> hats, but pretty stupid. Yeah. So um, Mrs. Lockwood is just throwing back the martinis. Yeah. And so we kind of see Damon is creeping in the background a few booths back, keeping an eye on them. And again, they're just jammering on about vampires, I think, again. Yeah. But also mostly Mayor Lockwood being like, stop drinking. You're an embarrassment. (laughs) (laughs) And then he storms away. Yeah. Where do you get? I wonder where Tyler gets that charm from. Yeah. And so immediately when uh, the mayor vamooses uh damon just slides right into the booth across from mrs lockwood and is like hey girl i know and they're like making sexy faces at each other like they met briefly at the founder's party oh yeah and it's kind of awkward because they're flirting but damon was there as the date of 
a 16 year old yeah so i know mrs lockwood was like aren't you caroline's boyfriend and damon's all like that was just a schoolgirl crush i Which, let her hang around me you know i attended a function with her because <laughs> she had a crush on like what? i know that was a, like a sorry excuse but she's drunk so she doesn't really examine it too closely yeah it's just like so bizarre i don't know especially for somebody who is so damn judgy to somebody like vicky yeah at the founders party like you're just at the mystic grill picking up like 20 year olds <laughs> and you're judging vicky for getting dressed up and coming to a party at your house yeah God. look at your life look at your choices mrs lockwood mm-hmm so Mrs. Lockwood is getting plastered. The martinis are flowing, and um, Damon starts talking with her about some of the Founders Council-related items because she is asking Damon about Uncle Zach, who we know has died, but Damon doesn't tell her that he's dead. He just says that um, he's out of town. But before this even happens, I guess Damon introduces himself and um, he tells her his first and last name. And she's like, oh, did you know that the Salvators were some of the founders of this town? And he's like, I sure do. The kingpins of the Vervain industry. <laughs> yeah, and he tries to uh, use his vampire mind tricks on her to ask how she knows Uncle Zach, but it doesn't work. And he looks and sees that she's wearing a bracelet and just assumes that that's verveined. Oh, yeah. Uh, So he kind of starts fishing and says, oh, well, if you wanted to talk to Zach about the vervain, I can help you with that. So he kind of gets it out of her that Zach was supposed to supply all of the Founders Council with vervain for, like, themselves and their kids and their friends. So basically the whole town, except probably Vicky Donovan. <laughs> probably. Um, so Damon's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me look into it. And meanwhile, they keep flirting with each other. <laughs> and I think my favorite part of the scene is when uh, Mrs. Lockwood is like, oh, I should stop drinking. You know, I don't think my husband's going to be very happy with me. <laughs> and Damon says... What about you? Are you happy with your husband? Oh, that was so good. What a smooth line, Damon. <laughs> yeah. And now, yeah. So now it's like very out in the open. that They're just blatantly flirting with each other. And, you know, Damon is really good cougar bait. I have to he say. is. He, he has plays like the, the role perfect well. face for it. And he has like that sassy personality that I feel like an older woman might want in her bed. Yeah. I see that for sure. I mean, well played, Damon. What I don't get in this scene, though, so if Mrs. Lockwood is, like, a founder, and they know, like, all of this shit about, like, the vampires and the compass and probably the very important crystal, and how do they not know that the Salvators are vampires? Like, that's what I don't get. Yeah. If they have Zach supplying all the vervain. They're very heavy on the history of the town, especially the founding families, and Stefan and Damon were the sons of one of the founding families. So you would think that they would at least know that they have the same names as the original Salvador kids, but somehow nobody makes the connection. I know, it's super Like, their weird. names were on the damn guest list for the first founders party. Yeah, and I guess I'm thinking about vampires wrong, because I'm thinking of it as, like, a hereditary trait. <laughs> like, like, that the original Salvadors needed to be vampires, which I guess... I'm just confusing myself Mm. because 
All right. I, I mean, there's some missing information here. Yeah. So we'll probably be filled in on some of it later. We hope. But let's move on because I could just like <laughs> wax poetic on this for a while, I yeah. guess. So the other key thing that we do learn in this conversation is that uh, the Founders Party served as a kind of test to see who might be the vampire in town. And they ruled out everybody who arrived at the party during the day because they don't know about the gaudy rings. Mm -hmm. So Damon's like, ha ha, we have them fooled. We're going to get off scot-free. Yeah, he looked happy when she said that for sure. So I think that um, Damon and Mrs. Lockwood kind of finish up their little flirting session and she leaves to go to whatever, hopefully, adult Halloween party uh, she was headed to with her crappy husband. And Damon goes over to the Halloween party at the school. And shit's getting real. They're like, Vicky is straight up hangry and wandering around and finally finds Jeremy and, like, tackles him and drags him to, like, some abandoned school buses to make out. Yeah. Is there, like, school bus parking lots at schools? I didn't think no, that, that was a thing. No, I think they, like, go back to a depot at night, so this was not very realistic. <laughs> no, but they're, like, making out, and Jeremy seems so happy, which is kind of cute, even though he's annoying as fuck. But they're making out, and Vicky gives him a little lip nibble, and Jeremy's like, hey, Vicky, what the heck? Like, are you taking your costume a little too seriously? <laughs> I know. And, and he kind of starts bleeding from the lip a little bit. <sighs> she's getting really into it. And she starts saying this shit like, I need to leave town. And he's like, no, I love you. And so she says, you can come with me and we can be together forever. So apparently her plan is to turn Jeremy into a vampire even though they've been dating for, like, two days and it hasn't been going very well. <laughs> I know. That's true. Well, things move fast with relationships in Mystic Falls, I, I guess. guess. Yeah. But I'm like, shit, that, like, is pretty extreme. And Jeremy, and, like, literally just says, like, okay. And then she starts, like, straight up drinking from his slit lip. Yeah. And biting him a little. And he's like, what the fuck? And he jumps back. And then Vicky gets a face boner. Oh, Yeah. She gets a major face boner, and it's scary, but also matches her costume. And Jeremy's just like, what? What's going on? I, I know. Understand. He's all scared and trying to scramble back. And then I think this is when Elena just comes up from behind with a fucking two by four <laughs> and tries to attack Vicky. Like, yeah. just shit got so real so fast. Yeah, she just whacks her in the back of the head, but Vicky is the vampire, and she's like, okay elena and just throws her into like a pile of like wooden pieces like, yeah like a like pile shipping of pallets, pallets or something yeah. yeah and so elena's out for the count at least for now but uh stefan shows up on the scene oh yeah oh my gosh i think i like blocked out what happened so yeah, it all moves pretty quickly it does so i think that Elena gets thrown over into the pallets, and it seems like she gets, like, roughed up a little, like she gets yeah. some cuts on her. Yeah, she, like, gets stabbed in the side. Yeah. Think, by something. Yeah, so I think Vicky goes over and, like, picks her up by, like, the scruff of her neck. Yeah. And is, like, just about to, like, drink all of her blood. But she's, and... like, she bites her and is, like, starting to drink. Okay, yeah. I couldn't tell if she, like, actually bit her oh, or yeah. she was just about to. She was going to town. So that makes sense when Stefan fucking comes up behind Vicky and just stakes her through the heart with one of the pieces of broken wood. And it's like the most gigantic over the top <laughs> stake. And he just impales her on it. It's like, 
I think you probably could have, you know, done this a little more gently. Right? Like, where was the small stake he had when he was going out to find Damon? No, this thing is serious. Yeah. So Vicky is now double dead. Like, she's actually dead. And we see our first, you know, vampire death. She turns kind of all gray and and shriveled. So many feelings. And Jeremy's like, no, Vicky, what? I know. He's, like, sobbing and crying, which makes sense. Yeah. Like, his girlfriend just got staked in front of him. (laughs) And also he was dealing with the fact that he just saw her, like, try to attack him and drink all of his sister's blood and attack her. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot for a juvenile delinquent to handle. (laughs) So then Seven's like, I'm in over my head here. You know, it's probably been a few decades since he's had to dispose of a body. So he calls Damon is like, bro, I need your help with this. Yeah. And he goes to do or he takes Jeremy home and leaves Elena there by herself. Elena is bleeding from a stab wound to her side and from a gaping yeah. neck wound, a la Vicky Donovan, R.I.P. <laughs> he just leaves her behind to, like, stand over Vicky's corpse. She's sobbing, and then Damon comes up, and Elena's just like, what the fuck is your problem? How can you not care about any of this? And Damon is like, I have no emotions. None of this means anything to me. I am protesting perhaps too much. Yeah. She straight up slaps him in the face, which is really satisfying. I know. Yeah. And he like, he like almost seems hurt by it or something. Do you think? He seems to be experiencing a lot of conflicting emotions. Yeah. Like he's insisting that he doesn't give a shit about any of this, but it's kind of belied by the fact that he's been sort of helping to try to raise Vicky all this time. That's true. And the fact that he like literally came running when Stefan called and asked him for help just now. So he just kind of stares at Elena and he's like trying to control himself and he's like, your wounds are bleeding and you need to get out of here because he doesn't want to hurt her. Yeah. And he like, he's already in deep shit. Yeah. And I think that that just goes to show that, like, as much as Damon says that, like, he has no emotion and he doesn't care about anything, and he has done a lot of, like, really fucked up shit, like, just mur- straight up murdering people for no reason and whatever, um, I think that he's trying to, hi- like, he's using that to hide the fact that he actually does have feelings. Oh, oh poor, little Damon. poor Damon and his fifis. <laughs> but Elena is just like, okay, whatever. So she leaves and lets him deal with the body. Yeah, so I think Elena goes to leave the school at this point. So luckily, it's the Halloween party. So nobody seems to notice that she's covered in real blood. So she is leaving and walking across the parking lot. And Matt's kind of like, hey, hey, uh, Elena, have you seen Vicky? And she's like, no, Matt, I haven't seen her. And Elena just sounds tired at this point. And then Matt comes out with, is this how the rest of my life is going to be? Just me worrying about her? And I was just like, shut the fuck up, Matt. Like, now I don't feel bad anymore for having you be my first who you want to (laughs) punch. Like, your sister is, like, you don't know what she's going through, but at the very least, you know that she's going through, like, some severe issues with drugs and, like, probably depression or something. And he's just kind of worried about, like, how this is affecting his life, which is pretty humorous because everybody around him is dealing with kind of more hard things than he is. Yeah. It's like, I get it, like, your life seems like it sucks, Matt, but this is a really poor time, poorly timed complaint. <laughs> exactly, like, say like, it last episode. She literally just bit it. 
yeah. 20 seconds ago. Uh, I know. So we know that Vicky's dead, Matt doesn't, and Elena's not telling him. And Elena, meanwhile, is still bleeding from her many wounds and just wander, <laughs> wanders home on her own. Nobody seems to really care that much that Elena was almost murdered. No. Which is weird, because usually, like, that's all anybody cares about is, like, what is happening to Elena? Is Elena in trouble? Yeah. But she gets, like, straight up bit by a vampire and, like, is bleeding from multiple wounds and nobody's just here to, like, check on her. Which Stephen's is Stephen's just sitting on her front porch. Right? Oh, God. I, I know. It. It's, it was super weird. Like, he... Sh- I understand that it's important to, like, get Jeremy home, but also... Like he Jeremy's just left home Elena now, there. and Stefan has just been sitting on the front porch, like not even talking to Jeremy, just literally sitting on the porch waiting for Elena. Like she could have used a ride home, probably. I know, but she drove herself home. I think, despite she, the she fact got that home she, somehow. Yeah, despite the fact that she was bleeding heavily from multiple areas on her body. <sighs> so she goes to check on Jeremy, and he's like in the fetal position in his room, like. What the fuck is going on? I know. I actually felt bad for him here. It was also kind of like, Jeremy's always trying to act so macho and cool, but now he's just like, I don't understand what's going on. I'm scared. Where's Nikki? I know, because Elena comes in and she's like, do you understand what happened back there? And he's like, no, I saw it, but I don't understand. Um, so he's just, like, sobbing and, like, talking about how everybody it keeps dying on him, um, which was really sad. And then he t- asks Elena to make it stop hurting, which mm-hmm. was also really sad. And I would like to note that in this conversation, Elena says, you understand that she was going to kill me. And Jeremy, like, ignores that completely, expresses no concern for Elena. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, Elena's been kind of an asshole this episode, but can somebody at least ask her if she's okay or, like, needs to go to the hospital? (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. Jeremy is just wrapped up in his own feelings. Yeah. But, yeah, I I, I guess I even missed that. So I'm right there with Jeremy Gilbert. So Elena then goes outside. This is my favorite thing. She's wrapped herself in a blanket, which is, like, the closest she gets to any kind of medical attention for her wounds. Yeah, like the blanket fibers are like sticking in her blood. It's yeah. gross. And she basically tells Stefan that she can't let Jeremy go through this again and she wants him to take the memories away. Yeah, so um, Stefan's kind of like, well, I'm not that strong because I don't drink human blood, so there's a chance it won't work if I try and go up and, c- and compel him to... Um, affect his memory. And he also seems like he thinks it's a bad idea. Yeah, for sure. But luckily, Damon's creeping right in the back and he's like, I'll do it. Which I feel like was a game changer for me in terms of the show. I don't know. Interesting. Tell me more. So I feel like I'm like starting to like Damon, which I don't Mm. understand. Yeah. Like, I feel like a horrible person for liking him, but also his character is hilarious, although evil. Uh, so I feel like Damon's starting to develop feelings for Elena. Mm. That's my interpretation from, I feel like, what is heavily alluded to throughout this entire episode when she slaps him and he, like, kind of has to control himself and lets her go. And um, and the way that he just kind of, like, volunteers to do something that is what Elena wants. 
But at the same time, I don't think that it's a good idea to erase Jeremy's memory because I feel like only bad can come from that because we've all seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless (laughs) Mind. So maybe Damon actually knows that it's a bad thing and it'll probably end up hurting Elena and Jeremy in the long run. I don't know. It's also, like, the closest that he's come to showing remorse for any of his actions. Yeah. Like, he never outright says that he's sorry for turning Vicky, but he seems to realize kind of on his own that it was a dick move and that he has uh-huh. to kind of take responsibility for it. So he does that through his actions rather than his words. Whereas yes. Stefan is just like, I'm so sorry about this, Lena. I'm going to make sure she doesn't hurt anybody. And then he ends up having to kill her because he sucks as a vampire parent. Yeah. But Damon is just like trying to be there to take care of this mess. So he sucks, but he is actually like kind of doing the right thing in this episode for the yeah, first time. I think so. In his own warped way. Mm-hmm. So he hears Elena saying she wants this to happen. He's like, I can do that. This is what I can do to help. Yeah, for sure. And I also thought that it was like super weird. Well, not weird, but just kind of symbolic that Elena was sitting there right in between Stefan and Damon. Mm. And then she's kind of looking back and forth between them. I thought that that was maybe some kind of like throwback to Catherine 1864. Mm. Um, and Stefan is not happy about this development, but he is in no position to say anything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, Stefan's got to lay low for a little while with his opinions. <sighs> so Damon goes inside. Uh, Elena gives him instructions to brainwash Jeremy into thinking that Vicky left town and won't be coming back, that he shouldn't look for her or worry about her, and that it's all for the best. <sighs> Which is, like, the opposite of any emotion Jeremy would ever feel of his own volition. I know. And does the compelling not wear off? I guess if you are a human drinking vampire like Damon, then it's so strong Yeah, it doesn't go away. That's a good point. What I found surprising here is that Elena and Stefan trusted Damon to carry this out in the right way. Hmm. Like, he was alone with Jeremy. Like, he could have told him anything. Check on him. Yeah. So, hey... Who knows what he even said to Jeremy in that bedroom. I'll keep a a good eye out on Jeremy for the upcoming episodes to see. While uh, Damon's upstairs doing his thing, we get this really kind of random, and I did not understand the point of it, like, turn, where Elena's like, I kind of wish that I could have my memories erased too, but I can't because I don't want to erase the way I feel about you, Stefan. It's like you just dumped him in the last episode. Everything he's been he's done in this episode has been idiotic. He just murdered your brother's girlfriend right in front of you <laughs> and left you with your gaping <laughs> in front of his vampire brother who just turned your brother's girlfriend into a vampire. And like if anything you should be like I made a good choice, but now she seems to want to rekindle things, but we kind of leave that unresolved. Yeah. Oh, I know. Just get your memory erased. It's for the best. <laughs> that's, that's what we were talking about. What if Elena just got her memory erased and this show ended just like that? I feel like it would be actually like a really good short series if that had yeah. happened. But thank God it went on for like seven more seasons. <laughs> yeah, or else this would also be a very short podcast. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the end of the episode, but we did skip one little uh, wrap up with Bonnie. Yes. Uh, so we also skipped this whole interaction she has with Damon at the party. Oh, Damon yeah. rolls up and Bonnie's there and he's like, hey, where's Caroline? 
And Bonnie's like, stay the fuck away from Caroline. And then Damon's like, oh, Bonnie, so loyal. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he's just such a dick. Yeah. Ugh. But then he's distracted because he sees that she's wearing the very important crystal necklace. And he's like, hey, you know, that's mine. And that's my very important crystal. Yeah. And they kind of go back and forth like, give me it. No, it's mine. No, it's not. And finally, he just tries to grab it like off her chest, mm-hmm. which is like rude violent and he like touches her boobs a little bit yeah it was aggressive he doesn't fondle her but he has to like yeah touch Mm -hmm. her chest which i was not okay with but when he grabs the crystal it burns his hand and bonnie just like (laughs) runs away without any comment no bonnie just like looks looks at damon real quick and then just bolts out of there and i had to remind myself at this point wait bonnie does not know about the vampires so no. she doesn't know, like, exactly how spooky Damon is. So this would be really surprising for her. Yeah, for but sure. she runs home to her grandma and is like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Grandma Bennett is just like, oh, where did you get that? That belonged to your great-great-great-grandmother, Emily Bennett. And she shows her a picture <laughs> of her ancestress, Emily, wearing the necklace, and it says 1864 on it. It does. So we have Catherine 1864, and we have Emily 1864. Do they know each other? I guess we'll find out. We will find out. And Emily was wearing the very important crystal. Do you think they called it the very important crystal then? Maybe like ye olde important (laughs) crystal. (laughs) Ye olde master crystal. Yeah. Ugh. So I think that's pretty much all that happened in this episode. This was our longest <laughs> recap yet. We're already longer than most of our full episodes. Yes. So. A lot happened There was here. a lot to go through in process, like, on an emotional level. Yeah, we had a lot of feelings, and we had to get through it. Like, I knew what was going to happen with Vicky the whole time. Ugh, and I, I was just know. waiting, and Beth's reaction was everything that I could have hoped it would be. What did I do? And I was like, oh my god! It just came out of nowhere, and it was so unceremonious, and I just feel like Vicky had such, like, a... I want to say long demise, but this was only the eighth, seventh episode? Yeah. But she went through a lot. She, got, she did. Before she even got turned into a vampire, she got attacked by vampires at least three times. Mm-hmm. And then she had to walk around with that gauze on her neck for two weeks. And then she had to wear that horrible tight vest for two weeks. <laughs> and then she only made it like two days as a vampire before her dad vampire stabbed her. I know. Uh, well, I guess I was right last episode, which people have listened to at this point. So it's not a spoiler. Um, when I said that I hoped that Vicky and Jeremy could do it one more time because she did end up dying. Mm. Yeah. R.I.P. Vicky. Poor Vicky. Hopefully she'll find some peace in the afterlife that she never found in the before life. I know. And it was sad because Damon again brought up the fact that, like, her human life was pathetic and her afterlife or whatever didn't have to be. Like, maybe if she had made it past these growing pains, she would have done really well as the vampire. Like, we never got the chance to find out. Nope. R.I.P. girl. So... I guess, uh, who do we want to punch? Or more accurately, who don't we want to punch? I, I don't know. I feel like, I honestly don't know. I've been trying to think about it all episode, and I can't pick one person. I think I want to punch Elena. I was going to say that, but then I, like, feel bad. I do feel bad because she, you know, got her come up and then some. <laughs> yeah. But and she I makes a lot that... of bad decisions in this episode. She 
like needlessly antagonizes Vicky a lot in a really condescending way. Yeah. And Vicky is just like trying to live. <laughs> that is the only time that I'm just trying to live has been used. That's like it's not an exaggeration. And just nobody will let her. And no. Elena just doesn't know when to stay in her lane and, like, let the vampires deal with the vampire problem. She mm-hmm. has to get in there and be like, you can't be with my brother, bitch. Yeah. And, like, I feel like Elena's bullshit this episode comes out of a place of wanting to protect her brother, which I get. That's, like, why I don't want to punch her. But at yeah. the same time, I feel like if there's anybody in the episode that deserves it, it's either her or Stefan. Yeah, I'm just like, usually, you know, Elena's not my favorite character by any means, but usually I don't have a hard time rooting for her. Yeah. But in this episode, I was just like, you're wrong. You need to, like, stay out of this. For sure. So that's my choice. I agree. I can't pick just one. I think that the other person who pissed me off here was, um, was Stefan, because he just was, like, acting so weird. And, like, when he was giving Vicky his platitudes on, like, what it's like to be a good vampire, I was just like, oh, shut the fuck up, man. Like, like that sounds like it sucks. Yeah. Like, what's the point? I don't know. Morality. Meh. Meh. So I guess that brings us to our next section. Um, why are men? Why are men? Which I think we've covered for the most part throughout the recap i think we did i think we touched on the main points and it's kind of a recurring theme so far in these uh seven eight seven episodes seven yep that seven is constantly trying to make other people's decisions for them mm-hmm. either by outright telling them this is what you're gonna do or by withholding important information they would need to make the choices for themselves mm-hmm. like the fact that he's a vampire so there's that going on and that really extends to the men in general a lot like everybody that vicky tries to go to for help which is mostly her brother and jeremy is always telling her like you need to get off the drugs without Mm -hmm. even asking her exactly what's going on like just assuming it's drugs and she's just looking for a sympathetic person to like let her exist in peace for like two seconds but Mm -hmm. everybody's always hounding her you almost wonder that like if any of these people had taken a different approach to try and help vicky instead of just assuming that she was going to fail even stefan was like oh she's not only a baby vampire but she's also a drug addict and she's also like a hormonal teenager if anybody had taken a different approach to try and help her instead of just like forcing her and like having bad expectations for her if she might if things might have turned out differently Men. Thanks, men. Thanks for nothing. (laughs) So let's not give them any more of our time or thought this week. Sounds good. I'm ready to move on to my favorite segment. Who should have done it? Who should have done it? All right. Who do you got? All right. Mine is definitely Damon and Mrs. Lockwood. Oh, shit. You stole one. (laughs) That's the only (laughs) thing you could pick from this episode. When they were flirting, it was so hilarious. And she's like... She was just trying to pretend to be, like, the good mayor's wife, and she was being all judgy at the governor's mansion and all this other bullshit, and then she just wanted to get with Damon, and I wanted it to happen. Yeah. I mean, they're a match made in heaven. They are. They deserve each other. Like a cougar and her fucking jackass cub. (laughs) Right? And then... Mrs. Lockwood would tell Damon all the secrets, and then Damon would have the secrets, and it would be so dramatic. Mm. So that's my pick, for sure. since you stole that one, (laughs) 
Uh, my pick is going to be Caroline and anybody who became hot after the beer goggles came Oh, on. yeah, that's a good one. I want Caroline to have some good, no-strings-attached fun. I have to remind myself these people are in high school, and that's kind of not appropriate, but whatever. Yeah, well, they're also, like, 30 in real life. Yeah. So, Caroline, get some. Like, have a good time. Be safe. Stay away from Damon. Get move girl. on, girl. Yeah. Move on org. <laughs> now we've got a root for somebody now that Vicky's gone. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Vicky. I know. Uh, so that was episode seven out of 155. <laughs> so I feel like we're making really good progress on the series. Yeah. Actually, there might be more than that because oh, yeah. th- those that's, are just that's the ones that are on Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> so there's at least like 12 more at the very least. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we're really getting into the thick of things now. Like, a lot of these, this first run of episodes was set up, but we're really starting to, like, wade into the, the deep shit. Yeah. The past two episodes have been so, so good. So I'm hoping next episode they give us more flashbacks. I want more mm. of the sassy 1864. I want to meet Emily in 1864. Mm. And I want to learn what the hell the very important crystal does. And is it just fate that it ended up back to Bonnie? Or is it like some witchcraft that transcends through generations? Yeah. I also just want more Bonnie on screen. So yeah. I hope that that'll happen too. And I wonder if Damon now knows that Bonnie is a witch. Oh, yeah. Like, Seven seemed to know from the car wash incident, but it could be more worrying if Damon's aware. Yeah, because we don't know. Well, clearly we have no idea what the hell Damon will do or is capable of. Yeah. R.I.P. Vicky. And, you know, I pose these questions as though I don't know the answer, but it has been a while since I've watched it, so I don't (laughs) remember the specific answer to some of the things. These are not just, like, hypothetical disingenuous questions I'm asking necessarily. <laughs> You're really good at not giving me any spoilers, I must say. I'm glad because I would I would be really sad if you got spoiled. I would quit the podcast. <gasps> you better not, Claire. You better not. You better not anybody else. <laughs> and also, nobody better spoil me on the final season because my DVR for some reason did not record it, so I haven't seen any of it. <laughs> yeah, don't I, spoil I it. Gotta wait until it's on Netflix. Listeners, don't send us spoilers in the mail. All right. Uh, so that kind of wraps us up. Maybe a shout out now to some of the places you can find us on social media. Uh, we're slowly establishing our presence. Uh, do you know our overly long Instagram <laughs> handle? No, I just panicked because I couldn't remember it. We I'll have put it Instagram. on our Facebook page. You could definitely yes. find us on Facebook, the Vampire Diaries. Slash the VD Diaries, I believe, is our. Our URL. Our URL. Yes. And you yes. could also find us by searching it if yes. you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So please like us. Uh, we're working to get up on iTunes. Hopefully by the fi- by the time this airs, we'll be on iTunes. Yay. And tell your friends. Spread the word. We're gaining listeners every day. Maybe if you, if you give us a good review, we'll give you some verbane. Oh, hey. R.I.P. Uncle Zach. R.I.P. Uncle Zach, R.I.P. Vicky, R.I.P. Brooke and Darren. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, campers with the car penis. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Logan Fell. R.I.P. 
drunk townies from the graveyard. R.I.P. Mr. Tanner. Oh, yeah. Man, we've lost a lot of <laughs> friends and enemies already. We have. So, who is your guess for who the next person to die will be? Oh, um... I feel like there's, like, no character, no disposable <laughs> characters left at this point. So, oh, the last thing that I wanted to mention is Damon says that he'll take care of Vicky's body. Mm-hmm. What is going to happen? Is he just going to, like, burn her? Or is he going to, like, set something up and make it seem like something happened? I know. That's what I want to know from next episode. So I guess we'll find out next week. I just did a human version of the shruggy. Oh, yeah. Because I don't want to spoil her or anything. Yeah. Because I do remember what happens. Because I was worried, because Matt walks into his empty house, like, I was worried that it was going to, like, seem like Vicky did something to herself. Mm. But then that wouldn't work with Jeremy's whole, like, Vicky moved away and she's not coming back, but you know that it's fine. And also she has the weird, like, gray (laughs) vampire death hue. That's true. That wouldn't really work. Yeah. So we'll see. We will. All right, so we will see you all next week. Be safe. Don't date a vampire if you can manage not to. And be careful at Halloween parties. (laughs) Have a good week, y'all. Okay, bye. Mozzarella.